0: Well, good afternoon. All good? are we good there? Can you turn this up? Now they were wondering about this earlier. If you're wondering, do I just not like the people in the front row? It has nothing to do with that, okay? Um, They actually asked me to move up here some because that way they can turn it up where the people in the back can actually hear. I know that's going to bother some of the people in the back because they're going to think that really messes up being able to sleep. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I apologize for that. It was not my call, so I'm just letting you know. uh, Just so that you uh, are aware of that. So, I'm curious, how many people do we have that are bullseye people on the hatchet throwing thing? Oh, look, look there, Paul, Paul was one of them. Paul was of, Good night, they're everywhere, everywhere. I heard Gary did this, I've heard others did this, I, I heard a couple of the girls did it, that was a little scary. Uh, you know, so uh, I thought, wow, you guys know your hatchets, you know, I'm not, I'm not even sure how you do that, so I'm, I'm fairly amazed by that. Anybody get wiped out coming down the hill this morning? Ah, yes, all right, yeah, I like that too. We had a few the other day. Some guys all thought it would be good to spin each other as they took off. And uh, it was a little bit slipperier the other day because it had just gotten through raining and then snowing. So it was like iced and then snow on top of it. So they were going every which direction, and it was pretty fun. Do be in favor. What I want you to do is this. Grab a person next to you, now, not literally, but uh, just uh, turn to a person next to you. And I want you to share with them, what is something you would like to achieve in your life? Now, now, don't be verbose, okay? Quickly, succinct, to the point, turn with them and share with them a little bit. What is something you would like to achieve in your life? And the other person, share back with them. I'll call us back in a minute. Go. Okay, I'm curious now. Did you guys come up with some good things? You have some things you wanted to get? Yeah, good things? Maybe? Moderate? Rather shady? Over here on this side, I can tell, but, you know, Jacob. Um, but, um, you know, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus gave the formal marching orders to his church, he gave those to very ordinary men and women, just like you and me. He gave them to people who, their idea was they kind of had their plans already for their life. They kind of knew what it was they wanted to be about. They kind of figured they were going to follow right in patterns they'd been going along all along. And then Jesus made this statement to them. He said, And Jesus came up to them and said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, these people, they hear this, the disciples hear this, and as they tell the others about this, they hear this, and their idea is, wow, I I kind of already had a plan. I mean, you know, they knew what their fathers had done. They knew what their fathers' fathers had done. They knew what all of those previous ancestors' theirs had done. Their thought was very much the same. And then Jesus makes this statement and totally jolts their life. Suddenly their life was never, ever going to be the same again. And they had to decide what they were going to do. Now, what was the objective that he had for them out of this? As you look at it, what's the objective? Hmm? Make disciples. Make disciples. Now, how does that apply to you today? Because, you know, a lot of times... We look at that, and we kind of go, well, that was then. (laughs) I mean, that was that group. But what I want to know is, how does that apply to you? Well, let's look at this verse. Because as you do, it says right here, Jesus comes to these people, and he says, okay, guys, the Father has given me all authority. Now, what I want you to do is this. I want you to go to all people groups everywhere in the world. And I want you to make disciples. I want you to baptize them. What I want you to do, I want you to teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. Now what did he just command them? Make disciples. So guess what? Those 12, they go over here. They're beginning to work with some folks over here one of the things as they work with them, they begin to teach them everything God's commanded them. So what is it that they teach them? Make disciples. And so then that group goes over and they start working with another group and they start working with them. And as they're teaching them all things that God has commanded them, what is one of the things they teach them? Make disciples. And guess what? Those have this group over here that they meet that are a little bit younger because they're just coming up and they begin to work with them. And as they're teaching them to observe all things that the Lord has said, what is it they teach them? Yeah. And that happened year after year, decade after decade until today. And what I would be telling you is, you know, if we're going to understand what it means to obey all things whatsoever he's commanded us, one of the things that is central and foremost is make disciples. Make disciples. That's, that's not something that's like, you know, well, that's, a, that's a nice passing thought. No, this, this is something that needs to be at the forefront of what we're about. These are Jesus' parting words right before he takes off. You know, make disciples. In fact, in large part, you know, someone was asking me yesterday, you know, like, why are we around on earth? I thought, that's a great question. You know I mean? Uh, that's one of the reasons God has us here in the world today. Have you ever stopped and thought about that? I mean, if the whole thing was to just to get to know God, well, good night. Once you come to faith, just rapture you right on out of here, you know. And, you know, you know, the, what happened to Jacob? I don't know. He, he either went to the store, he came to Christ. I don't know. He's, he's gone. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's out of here, you know. You start looking around, you know, man, I'm going you know, to really miss Joe. What happened to him? Well, he came to Christ. You know, I mean, he's gone. <laughs> now, so you sit around and you think, well, wait a minute. Yeah, why doesn't God do that? Well, because he has an entire world that he's interested in, that he wants us to reach. And his method for doing that is just what he said right here, make disciples. Now, this morning, we looked at the first half of that. We looked at the aspect of, establishing. You know, as you begin to establish folks in Christ, you have some things you want to build into them. You want to help them primarily understand how much they're loved. You want to help them understand uh, how much they are to love others. You're wanting to build a life in them. You're wanting to build character in them. You're wanting to build, you know, what God is wanting to create in them. And then, just like you would with your little kid, I mean, like, you know, with our grandkids right now, I see our kids talking to them and They'll talk to them about, now, when you get older, and they'll start, and they're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, Corey tells me the other day, she goes, Papa, I'm not going to marry Daddy. I thought, good, good. I mean, see, she's already learned I'm not in Arkansas, so that's good. You know, I mean, she's she's got that figured out. You know, I can't do that. So, you know, she goes, I'm not going to marry Daddy. I said, that's good. And she said, you know, actually, she said, you know, because he's married to Mommy. And I said, that's right, that's right. And she goes, I'll marry you, Papa. And I thought, <laughs> we still have things to work on. Uh, so I thought, but you know, she's already beginning to think ahead. She's thinking, okay, what am I going to do as I get older? And that's what we want to begin to think. We want to think, okay, how do we get started? How do you begin this process of, of uh, reproduction? How do you begin this process of passing your life on to someone else? Now, to do that, what you have to do is begin the whole aspect of equipping and that's what we're going to look at. My assumption as we look at these things is this. As you're helping someone learn how to reproduce, there are already someone who is in the kingdom. they are already someone who has begun to get established in their walk with God. They're beginning to understand their relationship with God more and who he's called them to be and, and how he's working in their life. So then you begin to figure, okay, what do we do with him? It is a simple Three step thing. I mean, honestly, this is not rocket science. You know, sometimes people are like, oh man, you know, the only reason I'm not making disciples, I mean, it's just so hard. I think, what planet are you from? That that is so not true. This is not that hard. Now, it's not hard to understand, it is hard to carry out a lot of times because it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you, you know, comfort a lot of times. It's going to cost you your life. But, you know, as you begin to give, we'll look a little bit later about, you know, what's the trade-off on that. So we'll look at that. So three steps, I'll tell you what they are and I'll explain them as we go through. Three steps are simply this. See the goal, set the pace, share your life. See the goal, set the pace, share your life. So let me look at the first one. See the goal. See the goal. One of the very first things you have to do if you want to reproduce your life, you have to know what is it you're wanting to build into the people that you're working with. What is the thing that you're trying to get across to them? Now, you will not know this if you aren't in the scriptures. You have to begin to get into the Bible to find out, okay, what were the kind of things Jesus wanted to build into the disciples? What were the things over and over God calls us to? What are some things that he's wanting us to get in our lives? When Melinda and I arrived at SC 30 years ago, we landed there and we really, you know, we weren't, we weren't sure exactly what to do. I mean, my gosh, just looked like an elephant trying to figure out how to eat it. You know, you're thinking, what in the world? You know, And so we landed there and all I knew was this. We wanted to accomplish three things. We wanted to help students come to know and love God. We wanted to help them learn how to obey Him from the heart. And then we wanted to help them learn to reproduce that in the lives of others wherever they were in the world. And so we had those three things in mind as we began to work with people. And at first, you know, those things continue to be true. I mean, those are the three things. But how those are lived out, you know, we began to look at a list. Okay, if this is what we want to build into them, then what are the indispensable things? What are the things we need to build? Because if you don't see that clearly and you don't understand it, then you're not going to be able to accomplish it. So, I mean, I went through and what? First, I was working and working and working. I thought, okay, I have got it. These 21 things we are going to build into people. And, you know, over several years, we would work and we would work on those. And, and I would think, wow it's really hard to build 21 things into people. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's not hard to give people information on 21 things. You can do that in about, you know, 30 minutes. But it's really hard to build 21 things into people over time. It takes a lot of time. And so I began to look, and I thought, okay, you know what, let's look over this list. And so I began to look, we narrowed it down to about 15, then we narrowed it down to about 12. And I mean, I I ran with that for about 10 years and was looking at it. And then one day I sat there and I thought through all of the people that had come through. And I thought through, not every single one of them, I'm sure. I'm sure I forgot a few. But I thought through most of them. And I was thinking through, okay, what were the things they had in common, all the ones that did well? And if any of them were stumbling, what were things they had in common? And from that, I made a list of about six things and I thought, you know what, if it hair lips the governor, I'm going to make sure that we pass on these six things to people while they're here. And so that's really kind of the template off which I work right now. And I'll, I'll tell you what those are. Now, you're welcome to change that, add to it, subtract it, do whatever. But I'll tell you what the list is for me as I look at it. One of the very first things I want to do is I want to help people really get into the Word of God. Now, I have two goals with that. I want to help them learn to live in the Word, and I want to help them learn to live under the Word. By learning to live in the Word, what I mean is they know how to get into the Bible, they know how to have a quiet time, they know how to study the Bible, they know how to memorize the Bible, they know how to meditate on the Bible. You know, they are living in the Word. But I also want them to learn to live under the Word. I want them to see that the Bible has the final call on their life in telling them, you know, what to do. And so I want them to learn to live under the Word of God. And they don't, you know, they don't filter the Word of God through their life, but they filter their life through the Word of God. They live under it. They choose to submit to that. Second thing is prayer. I want to really help folks learn how to talk to God and to, uh, to really understand not only... Uh, how to pray, but why to pray. I want them to understand not only how to, how to pray to God, but how to listen to God. How can they make sure that they stay in step with His Spirit and listen to Him as He guides their life? How do they do that? Third area is relationships. I want folks to learn how to put the one another's into practice. Now, a lot of times, kind of a... a truncated version of the one another's we call the hard attitudes you know so help them learn how to live out the hard attitudes and not only learn how to live those out but be committed to living these out with every people group that they're ever associated with be that family at work everywhere else you know one of our grads he graduated and he's working with a group called the Shoah Foundation right now which is one of uh, Spielberg's things for recovering all of these documents uh, from the Holocaust and stuff and recording them. So this guy is one of, the, uh, one of the supervisors there at the Shoah Foundation. And for the longest time at work, you know, it would be kind of testy back and forth and they would, uh, they, they would just, they didn't always get along. Kind of a normal work environment in some ways. So he came in and he said, uh, oh, I've got an idea. And so his boss said, okay, so he, t- he takes the hard attitudes and he doesn't call them hard attitudes because people would be saying, what? <laughs> but what he did was he changed the name and he just modified them and kind of turned them around, you know, and said like things like, okay, you know, we're going to focus on, uh, we're going to focus on this. When someone comes to us and, and we're working together, we're going to try to be as transparent as possible about who we are. And we're going to really strive to be honest and stuff. And he comes up with this list. And his bosses are like, this is amazing. These are his Jewish bosses. Uh, This is amazing. Where did you come up with this? And he goes, a group I was with on campus. Uh And so they're like, oh, this is good. And they're beginning now to utilize those within Shoah living for us. That's one of the things we want. We want students understand this is something you live out the rest of your life. So in relationships. Fourth area, finances. You know, a lot of times people look at it and think, finances? That made the top six? You bet. You bet. I'll tell you what. You know, a lot of times we look at finances and we think all we're doing there is talking about money. No, 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 no. You're talking about your heart. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so you're not just directing your dollars, you're directing your heart when you learn how to handle finances. And so... We work with students on several things there. We work with them on how do you live on a budget? How do you practice delayed gratification? How do you actually begin to take, you know, like baby steps? We are Dave Ramsey fans, in case you're wondering. Yes, we are. And we help them, you know. How do you have a comprehensive view of money? How do you take these baby steps and put them into practice? Where you control your money, it doesn't control you. And so that's one of the big things we work on. The fifth one is just evangelism helping them learn how to share the gospel with other folks. And three things we try to make sure they know they do they live out before they go. We call TMG. TMG. One, testimony. They know how to share their testimony with other people of the difference that Christ has made in their life and the difference that he can make in theirs. The M, they know how to throw Matthew parties. They know how to throw a party where you have a preponderance of folks who have not yet come to Christ, and then you have a few that have, and you bring those together so you have some salt being able to be around all of these people to help them begin to figure out what is this thing with Jesus all about. And so then the third one is the G, the gospel. We help them to understand how do you share the gospel effectively with other folks? So that's the fifth area. The sixth area is just reproduction, reproduction. And we'll talk about that as we go. You know, we help them to understand how do you see the goal, set the pace, share your life. So that's what we work with there in helping them to do that. So the very first thing, see the goal. You need to know what it is you want to pass on to somebody. If you don't know what it is you want to pass on to somebody, you will be surprised at the amount of non-passing on that takes place. You know, so you you need to really know. You need to have your hands wrapped around that. The second thing, set the pace. Set the pace. One of the things I've found is people really learn best by example. Um, Most of the time, people forget what you say, but they won't forget what you do. Now, I'll tell you this, you know... um, about a day from now, many of you will be saying, uh, Neil, who? You won't remember a thing. But you know what? You will remember perhaps a few things when we were around one another. And the reason for that is that's just the way God's wired us. When I graduated from college, I, uh, I got a call and, and was asked if I wanted to come down to the University of Oklahoma and, and uh, join the staff there and, and begin to work. And so I decided I did. And I went down and like about our third meeting, we had weekly meetings on Thursdays and about our third meeting, I was sitting there and uh, this young guy was coming in and he was uh, speaking on quiet time. Now, I was your kind of typical 22-year-old in some ways. I kind of thought, well, I'll I'll go ahead and tell you my thoughts. One of my thoughts was, you know, quiet time? Okay, I guess we'll review. Uh, The other thought was, I could have probably done this. wonder why they got somebody else from the outside. And uh, then I thought, I guess there's probably a few people that need this. And so I'm sitting there, and honestly, I'm semi-engaged, because I was an arrogant 22-year-old. And I'm sitting there, and I look across the room, and there's Max. Now, Max has probably missed two <laughs> quiet times in his life. You know, I mean, honestly. I mean, you know, probably the day he was born, and there's bound to be another one. Uh, But, you know, I I mean, he's probably not missed many. And I'm looking over there, and Max is just taking notes. And afterwards, he walks up to me, and we're walking out, and he goes, wasn't that good? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I walked out of there, and just as I got to the outside, boy, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, now, son, that is why he is who he is, and you are who you are. And I thought, oh, I get that. I get that. He said, now learn from that. And boy, I have. I mean, I guarantee you, I walked out of there and I thought, never again do I want to be someone who is, who is arrogant and thinks they know. But I want to be someone. To now, Max never walked up and said, let's have a talk about arrogance. Mm-hmm. Never. I simply watched his example. Let me tell you what. What example means is this. It means simply you setting the pace. In other words, you go first you do it right. That's what setting the pace is all about. You go first, you do it right. You know, we were at Hume here several years ago, and it was, it was us and, and, and you guys and CBU, and we were all here, and we're walking across the playing field one day. And as we're walking across there, I, uh, Brian Zuniga, who's from CBU, was, uh, he's the director there. We were walking along together, and just as we're walking along, I mean, he, I just see him. He just bends down, picks up this cup, And just keeps right on walking. Now, was that his cup? No. I mean, did he throw it there? No. But, you know, one of the things that we have as a value is this. Let's always leave the place better than we found it. And, boy, I'll tell you what, indelibly, that is etched into my brain. You know what? We were going someplace. We were in a hurry. We were walking. But, you know, it took him that long to reach down and pick up that cup. But in doing so, he became part of the solution, not part of the problem. And I looked at that and I thought, you know what? That's what you have to do. It's just a little thing here, a little thing there, beginning to make sure you set the pace. Now, Paul picked up on that. So in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he says, you follow me as I follow Christ. You follow me as I follow Christ, or be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Do you notice what he says there? Follow me, not listen to me. Most of the time, what we want to do with people is we want to say, here's what you need to do. But as Athanasius, one of the church fathers, once said, the life should command, the lips should merely persuade. Your life ought to tell people what to do. Your life ought to give them a real template for this is how you live this out. So if you're wanting to help people grow, one of the very first things you have to do, you have to really... See the goal, but then you need to begin to set the pace. Paul picks up on that same thing in Philippians 4.9, and he says, The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, I used to, I remember I memorized that verse when I was back in college, and here probably 10 years ago, I'm just meditating on that verse one day, and I'm thinking about it, and, and I thought, I wonder what received means. I wonder what that means. I mean, yeah, I know you can receive like a package, or you can do this. But I thought I wonder what that word means in the original language. So, I did a little bit of a word study on it. And as I looked at, it, I found out the word means to take it and make it your own. And I thought, oh, okay. So the things that you have, uh, the things that you have uh, heard and, uh, or have learned, and have made your own. And then I kept. And it says and have heard and have seen. And all of a sudden it hit me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've always thought of this as a list of four. It's actually two sets of two. Because how do you learn? You hear. How do you make it your own? You see it in somebody else. And what Paul makes very crystal clear to us is, you know what, guys, set the pace, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, models, models make all the difference in the world. You know, if, if you want to really help someone grow, set the pace for them. If you want to really grow yourself, find someone who's setting the pace and get around them and begin to learn from them. But setting the pace makes all the difference in the world. Learn to be an example. Third aspect, share your life. Share your life. And here by this, what I simply mean is this. Get close enough to few enough that they can see how to live this out. Now, I will tell you, this is the point at which most people kind of struggle. Because they think, oh, no. I, you know, I don't... I just, I don't really like to have people around me all the time, you know, because, uh, yeah, I just don't like that. (laughs) And um, yeah, you know why? It's real easy, it's real easy to present a certain image or a certain whatever. You know, I mean, you guys could think right here, you know, "Well, well, Neil's a nice guy or Neil's this or Neil's that, but you don't know that. I mean, you're, you're making assumptions. Or you are filling the gap with a whole lot of trust, and I appreciate that. But, I mean, honestly, you don't know that. But you know who does? People that grew up in my house. They know that. You know, the people I do life with every day, they know that. The people I've worked with for, you know, 15, 20 years, they know that. You know, the ones that I, I I, I mean, they know that. And see, over and over, Melinda and I, one of the things we've done is we've had people live with us constantly. In fact, we just had this uh, 30th anniversary thing, and uh, one of the things they did was we played this uh, human bingo or something. I don't know what it was. One of these games some of the students came up with. So you had to go around and find out, and there were all sorts of different trivia things from challenge. And so if you know you met somebody and they had done this, and then you know they were there at SC during this certain era or something, they filled it out. And one of them was you know if you've lived with Melinda or and Neil, uh, you know, fill this in, and you could sign this. And this one guy going over, and he gets the signature, and he goes, wait a minute, I could get a 100 signatures here. You know, oh, oh, oh. you know, he's laughing going on, and I thought, hope not. Uh, I thought, not 100, but I thought, you know, actually, there's quite a few who've lived with us, some of them for a month, some of them for several years. But we've had folks live with us. Now, you look and you think, um, sorry, are you still close? with any of those people? Very close. Very close. In fact, honestly, those are some of the ones who have gotten it the most. Why? Because they were up close and personal. See, you can impress people from 20 feet, you impact them up close. If you want to really impact people's lives, you have to get close enough to few enough that they can understand, how do you actually live this out? I would encourage you to get to know them in a variety of situations. I mean, work together, play together, travel together, do all kinds of life together. It's amazing, did you guys notice that the things that were funny within the city limits of Chico, by the time you got about an hour down the road weren't quite as funny? And did you notice that pulling into the park, they were getting downright annoying? See, that's how life is. You have to learn to bear with one another. You have to learn to do some things like that. Well, you know, you, you don't get to do that if you do not take some time to be in a variety of situations. You know, I, I remember the first time I, I told one of the guys I was meeting with, I said, hey, I'll tell you what we're going to do today. Um, I'd love to sit down and chat with you, but Samuel has a volleyball game. And he goes, uh-huh. So we're not meeting. I said, oh, we're meeting. We're meeting at the volleyball game. Let's go. And so we just hopped in the car. We went over to the volleyball game. We're sitting up there. And this referee, I'm not really sure exactly what was the matter, uh, but I'm fairly certain he was blind. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, a couple of times Samuel would serve and like he, he served this one. And I mean, honestly, it was a rocket shot just in and out, you know, and the guy's like wide. I'm thinking you're crazy. And I, I mentioned that. And, um, and I, all of a sudden, I look over and this guy sitting next to me is going, and he's just looking like, oh. and he goes, it, it, is that okay to do? And I said, is what okay to do? And he goes, I think you just like yelled at him. And I said, I think he's like blind." And, and he goes, oh, okay. And so we're kind of sitting there and we're talking back and forth. But you know, One of the things, see, if the only time I ever met with him was, we'll meet in Starbucks, the sacred place, for from two to three. Well, you know what? As long as this guy never lives life anywhere but Starbucks from two to three, he's set for the rest of his life. But if he's going to live life over here working or he's going to live life out in the real world, guess what? He needs to get around somebody that's doing that same thing so he learns how to do that. I mean, you know, people say, well, but you get around people. I mean, you're, my life's not that together. Well, neither's mine. You know, what if I mess up? Well, then just fess up and clean it up. You know, I mean, I guarantee you, I've watched folks and they'll say, oh, you know, we're. You you said something and go. You seem like you were upset with Melinda. I said, I just seemed. I, th- I sorry. I was upset. I didn't know that. I just seemed. I mean, I was upset. And they're they're like, oh. They go, well, what, what are you gonna do? I, well, I'm gonna clear that up here in just a minute because obviously she'll pound me if I don't. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go get that cleared up. You know, what I mean, but we'll talk and they'll just see real life happen, and they'll sit there and they're like, oh, so when you mess up, you clean it up. Yeah, that's what you do. But what they get a picture of is this is how you actually live this life. Now, I'll tell you what, men and women, there are a lot of folks today that their view of the Christian life is, you know, everybody just gets along. Everybody's just on that mm, following God. There's never any, you know, it's just there could be nothing further from the truth. And when we project that kind of thing to people, we don't encourage them. We discourage the snot out of them because they're thinking, that's not my life. You know, I must have gotten this thing wrong. What we need to do is we need to help people to understand, you know what? You want to learn how to do this thing? Follow me. Follow me. And then simply live out the reality of that every single day. If you do that, what you'll find is, you know, It'll make a huge difference. So take initiative to get around a few folks, share your life with them. Now, what's the end result on that going to be? Well, the end result is you get to be a part of what God is doing in the world. This is how um, Paul describes it. His conclusion on this matter is in 1 Thessalonians 3.8. He says, for now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. Paul says, you want to know what life's really about? It's about working with some folks and building into them and equipping them and training them and then seeing them live that out. He said, oh, that is is really living. That's what life's about. John, John picks up on that same thing in 3 John 4. John says, I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So what I would tell you is this. If you want to begin to experience the life that God has for you, then what you do is you get involved in the mission that God has for your life. You begin to establish people. You begin to equip people. And what you'll find yourself one day is you'll say, you know what, I have no greater joy than this, to see my children, to see those I've worked with, to see those I've given my life for walking on in the truth. What I would tell you is this. Everybody is trading their life for something. What you have to figure out is what do you want to trade your life for? What do you want to trade it for? If you trade it for this, you'll never regret that. It'll be a decision you will, you will be good with the rest of your days. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you that we get an opportunity to be a part of the, um, the greatest work that's ever gone on. You forming an all-encompassing community with yourself at the very center where folks can know you and love you and enjoy you forever. And so, Father, since you have invited us into this and given us just a fraction of the action in that so that we can actually see others come to know you and grow up in you. Would you give us the, the understanding? Would you, would you open our eyes enough to help us to see the opportunity that lies before us and help us to buy it up? And we pray those things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.